Hey guys, my guest tonight, Mary A. Joyce and I, will be talking about secrets and cover-ups of Earth and beyond. We'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. Happy Thursday. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need, or rather you think you have a paranormal need, we can help you out because we have, we have somebody available. But the thing to remember here is California is a huge state. I mean, I'm talking big. So you know, if people think about us, they think about us like Hawaii, right? The California girls on the beach, all that kind of thing. Well, it is like that. But we also have inland. As you, the further inland you go, the more you, the, the more you realize how wide open the, the state is. So you got this huge wide open area with a lot of rural stuff, uh, and then you hit the mountains, the Sierra Nevada mountains, and that. And then when you go north, there's more mountains. You go south. Mexico's down on our border. So, I mean, we're, it's just really huge. So it might take us a couple of days to get to you. And in the case it does take us a couple of days to get to you, we do have mediums on staff who can call you and do a, do a consultation. And if it, if it is paranormal, in most cases, they can calm the energy down before we get out there, right? It's not going to take us more than one or two days, but uh, we will definitely get out there for you. Uh, if you need to find us, just uh, Google California Haunts Radio or California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. And we will pop up everywhere. And I mean everywhere. It shocked me the other day. I, I googled California Haunts Radio and wow. Can't believe all the places that we pop up. Okay. If you're watching from Facebook, and a lot of you are, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already, if you like what you see tonight. Also, please uh, show, show us show Mary and I some love tonight. Show us some thumbs up, some happy faces. I still try to get this thing going. Some happy faces. <laughs> um, some smiling, you know, things like that. And hearts. Because what that does is that puts us up higher in Facebook's FYP, and that'll distribute us out to more people, okay? And if you do have people in the house that you think might be interested, or wherever you are, you are that might be interested in listening to the show, please be sure to share us. I like being shared, so it's all good. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, please feel free to subscribe. We're, you know, we're trying, as usual, we're trying to build up subscribers. Same thing. You know, uh, happy faces, smileys, anything like that. Even comments in the chat room. Because that puts us higher in YouTube's FYP. And uh, that causes us again to be distributed out. Okay? All right. That being said, Sunday, we have a special event coming up at 4 p.m. Pacific. Me and Nancy Matz is going to be, be, be available to do readings, Valentine's readings. So if there is a future that you want to know that, that you're going to have with that someone special, you don't know who it is yet, this is your chance to find out who it's going to be or what they look like. Okay? You could ask about the future, past. You could ask about your about your current lovers, whatever you want. And the reading is for up to 10 minutes. So if you're interested in that, that's going to be at the California Haunts Meetup. It'll be here on StreamYard in a private room. Uh, so, you know, just the people in the event will be in the room. But it, it'll be private. It won't, won't be beamed out all, all over the Internet for you. So uh, check that out. Uh, the, the link is down below here. Uh, so uh, check that out. Okay. Okay, now my guest tonight is a returning guest. Is a returning guest. We had her on a while back, and I always find this stuff so fascinating about what's actually going. Okay, what we see. Okay, what we see that NASA puts in front of us is one thing. Look at the chat room real quick. Hello. Okay. Hi, Jerry. What we see primarily in the media is what NASA wants us to see and what NASA wants us to hear. All right. There's a totally different world behind what NASA and the government want us to see. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. Mary is a journalist. She does a lot of research on this stuff. I love these emails I get from her daily with different things that she finds on, on, on the Internet. 
And uh, what, this is what we're going to talk about. She's got a great book out, and we're going to talk about that as well. So let me bring her in, and we can get this show started. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing real well, thank you very much. So from, one coast, from one coast to the other. That's it, from one coast <laughs> to the other. For the people who don't know you, and we do have, last month we... Um, our, our official numbers last month, by the way, guys, were 12,572 downloads of the show went out. Very, very and good. people that are just coming on board from that, tell them about you. Okay. The reason you and I started talking about doing a show right now is mm -hmm. because you're on the California coast. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing the research for a book that I titled Spy in the Sky, I was using Google as a research tool to find uh, anomalies that we're not supposed to know about on Mars, in Antarctica, uh, around the moon, around the sun, on the moon, and also beneath the ocean. And there, it's incredible what I found off the west coast of this, this continent. And uh, that's where I thought it might be kind of fun to start because mm -hmm. you, you live right there and, and most of your listeners uh, or your real diehard li listeners are going to be from California. And uh, back in 2014, I get no credit for this, but back in 2014, um, somebody discovered an undersea uh, um, uh, structure off Malibu, about six miles off of Malibu. You're probably very familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And it was huge. When you look down on it, it has a, like an oval roof that's like, it looks like it's made out of a giant rock, but it's nice and mm -hmm. flat and smooth. And it's three miles long, which is not small. Wow. And then when you see the side view of it, there are these enormous pillars that seem to be holding it up. And um, uh, it's been estimated that some of these are like 600 feet in height, which is enormous. Well, I started to think if there's something like that, structure, there must be more. I spent an unbelievable amount of time searching from Alaska down to Baja, and I found other enormous structures. And um, the one that probably still stands out in my mind as the most incredible um, is something that really, 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 really looks like an airport. And in my book, Spy in the Sky, I have a picture of that underwater airport runway. And I have it uh, right next to a picture of, the, I think it's the International Airport in Spokane, I believe is what I used. And they are mm -hmm. so remarkably similar. There is a huge difference though. The longest airport runway in the world is a little over three miles in length. This wow. thing with the same structure is 30, is 89 miles in length. That is like um, about the distance between San Francisco and Sacramento. That wow. is a huge runway. I mean, it's hard to get your, your mind around that. Mm -hmm. And everything I found was of enormous proportions. Um, there was another one. I finally decided that it looked like a, a large Twinkie um, snack cake, kind mm -hmm. of that kind of a shape. Mm -hmm. And it had these... Um, pillars around it. It looked like a portico around it. And that structure is five miles in length. So forever, we have heard about legends of uh, an ancient civilization, or many people just dismiss it as mythology, mm -hmm. uh, of a continent that once existed in the Pacific Ocean and sank. Well, mm -hmm. when you begin to find these things, you go, hey, this looks like real evidence that something once was a continent out there. And it was of gigantic proportions. We hear about giants um, in the Pacific even. They found uh, skeletons that are, I think are like, I've forgotten now, like 10 feet tall um, mm -hmm. in some of those little tiny islands in the Pacific. So I don't know. I think there was a monstrous um, civilization there at one time. So if anybody's a great diver and has great equipment, uh, it would be great if they could go down and really start doing firsthand spying on this stuff. You know, when I got to the attention of this stuff, when I realized it was there, Rob Lowe had a TV series with his, with his kids and they, they were investigating that thing that went off Malibu. 
and it was interesting, and that's where I started, you know, looking into this stuff. But like you're right, you hear about this stuff all the time, and you know what gets me too is I love sci-fi. A lot of people like sci-fi, and when you talk about the civilization that's under the water, I think of Star Wars. I think of the I think of when you know Obi Wan and Jar Jar, God forbid, Obi Wan and Jar Jar went swimming, and they ended up in that you know in Anakin ended up in that underwater world. Interesting. Well, I don't personally. I don't think this was an underwater world. I okay. do think it was above ground at one point, okay. and it and it is submerged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's my belief. Um, mm -hmm. But anyhow, I know. I just wanted to mention that. Well, but, that's uh, fun. That's fun. No problem. Yeah. Because maybe maybe that's what he based it on. You know, when when, when he wrote that script, you know, he Could based be. it on this area under the water. Do you think, I mean, do you think they're ever going to go down and, and look into this at all? Or is it something that, that they're trying to cover up? Um, I don't know. It, uh, at last I looked, it hasn't been blotted out of the, um, uh, you know, Google settings. And mm -hmm. in the book, Spy in the Sky, I have the coordinates. So anybody can put those into the search bar and go to these locations and start to investigate them themselves. And I think that's real important. We live in a world where everybody is uh, trying to create things that aren't real. And right. if you're not a fiction writer, you're just messing with people's minds. And mm -hmm. um, um, so that's why I try to give people coordinates so they can find things for themselves. And, and yes, there's been, I mean, Google is a double-edged right. sword. It is a wonderful tool where I've discovered things like spaceships on, on Mars and mm -hmm. um contemporary facilities on Mars. But at the same time, when I find some of these things, they get airbrushed out. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most dramatic uh, things was when I began to find things in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And there was this entrance, a very good size entrance, uh, you know, at least a hundred, a very large anyhow. And once I posted that on the website that I do, which is Sky Ships Over Cashers, um, it was almost immediately blotted out. It's like somebody took a bottle of ink and just poured it on top of it. And uh, then I backed, I, I found that and I backed off and you could see two entrances that I had found. I had posted both of them mm -hmm. very, very briefly. It, one said uh, hollow earth and hollow earth one or two, whatever, but wow. they were marked. It was only briefly marked that way. Then those markings disappeared and all signs of that major entrance disappeared. And eventually it went from black to looking just like a snowfield, like it was just part of Antarctica's ice. Hmm. Well, and you I, know, show, I show that, I show that development in the book uh, so people can see how these things have been done. And well, it, okay, go ahead. well, it all stems to reason because over the years there, you know, so, stuff has, you know, like with Hawaii, the ground, you know, the, the, there's forever got the volcanoes that, that are building up the ground. Well, there's also areas like off, off of California where it has sunk because of the earthquakes. Things, things have sunk down un, underneath the water. So if there was a civilization there, that is what probably happened somewhere along the line. You know, with, with the earthquakes and everything, it ended up going down. I agree. I agree. Now, it's possible that there was some war in an ancient past where it triggered this and made it, you know, a phenomenal thing. Um, either thing is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. first, uh, your first idea is probably the most likely. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? What, what do you think these are? You think they're ancient civilizations, or you think they're that one time they were more advanced civilizations? Like, you know, everybody's still looking for Atlantis, right? Well, I've also done investigation over in that ocean too. Uh, mm -hmm. But go back to your, what's your first question? Well, what, what, what do you think these things are? You think they're ancient civilizations or you think this might be something alien from the, the, you know, not of this earth? Uh, it could be an ancient civilization that has its origin way out there in the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So both things are really possibly very, very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have done this, you know, since the last time you were on, I have taken to Google Earth. And looked at this stuff, and you're right. I mean, it's there. I mean, it's, it's there. It's there for looking. And guys, remember, Google Earth is free. They don't charge you anymore for it. So, I mean, that that's a good little project for you guys to do is to get on Google Earth and look at this stuff. And um, I just find this so 
so fascinating because it because you know there were always rumors about Antarctica for years and years and years that there was some kind of stuff underneath the ice there, right? And I just I just like you say I just love this this Google Earth thing because you can actually see this stuff. You can, and if somebody finds something interesting, there is a print screen button on your computer. If you have a desktop, hit mm -hmm. it and save it because sometimes things will disappear. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a like live fire situation that happened. Okay. I okay. found something in Antarctica. Uh, it was early in the morning, mm -hmm. and I wanted to share it with somebody who is well known in the field of UFOs and uh, has been on the History Channel and all those programs. And um, I went. Um, I contacted her, said I would send stuff to her. I went for a shower. By the time I had come back to the computer, there was this oval shape, like a, it almost blended in, but it was white, totally covered up what I had found. That happened during the time it took to take a shower. Hmm. So wow. they, it's, it's quite amazing. And um, uh, if I get into stuff on the, um, on the website, um, I don't know. They got a way of keeping keeping an eye on me, and if I do something real interesting to them, um, things sometimes happen. Well, you know, each computer and people don't realize this either. Each computer has an IP trace. You know, this guy they have their own serial number when they're online. I can tell when someone looks at my website from 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 ten miles away. You know, because it'll say such and such town. So maybe whoever they are, you know who. Right. They're monitoring these things. And when you pop up, they're like, oh, there, there she is again. Let's go right. ahead and black that sucker out. You know, yeah. so so they know who's who's checking all this stuff out. Right. But the question is, if this if this is just simply, say, some ancient civilization that has sunk under the water, why would they be so protective of it? Um, the, Let's go back to Malibu, which is where you okay. started and I started with all this okay. coastal, uh, okay. discovery. Um, they see a lot of UFOs along that whole area of California mm -hmm. consistently. And uh, Cat uh, Catalina Island and, and uh, that whole area. Uh, and, you know, people talk about underwater UFOs. I'm sorry. They're the same thing. They're impervious to water. They're impervious mm -hmm. to air. And so I'm, I'm not one inclined to use the, the letters for underwater um, UFOs. They're all, mm -hmm. they're all craft and they're made quite well. They can go anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what do you think is going on? In your in your opinion, what do you think is going on? Do, do you do, do do you honestly think like like you say you're just talking about UFOs that, that can go underwater and all this? Is that what you think is going on? And this is your opinion. In that area, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, they see them fly in and out of the water, and okay. it's very possible that this uh, structure, uh, which I'm told is 2,000 feet below the surface. I, I do not know if wow. that's accurate, um, that they fly in and out of there. So it could be connected to um, um, inner earth type activities too. And I know we've talked about this before, about the government or NASA rather knowing exactly what's going on because we talked about that incident on the space shuttle, you know, where, where, so, where, where somebody had seen this, this footage of, of the ship actually landing you know, actually connecting or landing, you know, in that shuttle bay and the aliens coming out. Right. So. Oh, now I don't, did we talk, did I talk about, um, well, I don't know. We're going back a ways now. Okay, but uh, I, I had the uh, the honor of meeting um, and spending some time with one of the astronauts and his name was Clark McClellan. He passed away about a year or so or two ago. And um, he was trained as an astronaut, but he worked at mission control so that if there was a problem in space, he would know how to perhaps help from down on, on the earth. Uh -huh. And he was doing, he was looking at all these monitors and he saw a very tall alien, probably he was guessing eight or nine feet tall in the open bay of the um, shuttle uh, <laughs> with two human astronauts interacting and the ship of this ET was in uh -huh. the background. Um, he talked too much. He eventually, he felt like too much was being hidden from the public. He wanted to share it or share some of it. And he lost his job. He was blackballed. Um, he ended up losing all of his government benefits. 
right. ended up, I think, being a bus driver or something like that just to get by. And so the end of his life um, was not all that pleasant because he was too free in sharing information. See, that absolutely fascinates me. You know, and I'm sure that they do, that the government does know what's going on, obviously. Oh, it's, without it's, a doubt. It's been without years. I mean, there's so many of these reports. And I even just had um, Mark Ollie on, you know, talking about the, 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 the European Roswell incident over there. Okay. I mean, this stuff's been going on for so long. And, and going back to this, this, this stuff underneath the water up, up by Malibu, I have no problem wrapping my head around that thought that there's a right. base underneath there, that there's some kind of base going on underneath there. I mean, look at the submariners, uh, you know, the, the, the guy, and I'm not going to say who I know, but I know somebody that was on a sub, and I'm not going to say where, as I, you know, who knows who's watching. But he, he, he was working in the sonar, you know, in the sonar section, and he would hear uh, engine noises and everything underneath the water that didn't match standard engine. sub noises at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of activity going under the water. I've done articles on, I, I couldn't even tell you where you'd find them right now because the mm -hmm. website's been there since 2008. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've had at least two or three uh, military people, maybe people who witnessed UFOs going in and out of the water when they were on ships. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very common. And what's interesting is World War II, and my father never told this story to anybody but me. He was in the U.S. Coast Guard on an LST, and he had bow duty. He had and what? He was on bow duty for the night. Oh, okay. I got you. watch. And he swears up and down. They were, they were on their way to Hawaii for maintenance work on, on the ship. And he swears up and down that he saw two craft come out of the water. And this was World War II. That's going back a long time. Yeah, it's going back a long time yeah. for him to have seen that. And my dad is used to be a pretty stable dude you know he's 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 that generation you know what i mean right. so I, if, if he says he saw this then he saw this right because he you wouldn't know. make something up like that no no and then he then what he said was he didn't know if he should report it you know to his superior officers because they wouldn't really believe him right so yep. yeah this is this has been going well even you know you go back and you look through even the stories around the bermuda triangle you know, when Columbus was coming over and then those explorers and their stories about the strange lights underneath the water. Okay. Let me, let me back up on that one. Okay. okay. You know, I believe in UFOs, you know, I right. know, they, I just absolutely know they exist. Right. But a bunch of years ago when I was working for the Orlando Sentinel, I made a special trip down to um, San Salvador Island, which uh -huh. is where they believe Columbus first landed. Uh -huh. I was there like on the anniversary date of, Columbus's landing. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, um, I was with a, a group of people at Small Island with the natives uh, around a fire at night. And they, even though it was hot, they had a fire and they would continuously put logs on it so that they would keep the bugs away. Well, I was there at the same time of the year. They still do that. Mm -hmm. Columbus was in 1492. When I was there, you know, hundreds of years mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. uh, they're still doing it. And every time wood would be put on the fire, these sparks would go up. And I am absolutely convinced, after talking to the head of the little museum down there, that um, that's what Columbus was seeing. And a lot of people have said that his diary indicates he was seeing UFOs, mm -hmm. but they had to jockey off coast uh, all night waiting to land. And mm -hmm. uh, this is what they would see. And... I saw it with my own eyes, so I really do believe it, he was not seeing UFOs. Now, he okay. may have seen some, but that part of his diary uh, does not fit, does not okay. match. Okay. All right. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Now, when we think about this, too, and, and do you think that somebody, I mean, we're always going to Titanic. We got all these subs to go to 3,000 feet or meters or whatever the hell it is to get to Titanic. Do you think that one of these guys at some point is going to die from one of those areas, or do you think that the government would probably swoop in and stop it? Let me ask you this. Okay. Do you know off the top of your head approximately how far down the Titanic is? It's a long way, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I see, they say Malibu so is 2,000 feet below the surface, and I don't think the Titanic's that deep. I thought I it was around 3,000 3, meters, something like that, below the surface. 
I, 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 I really, I really need to find that out. Yeah. Um, because, because I, think I know the average diver cannot go to, down 2000 feet. So yeah, I think we have subs that can go there. I think right. it's around 3000 meters. Okay. You know, below the surface. What I'm just saying is I just wonder if some adventurous person, like you say, will decide, Hey, you know, I've got this sub and I'm, and I would like to check this stuff out. And then it makes right. me wonder whether or not somebody from the government or whatever would stop them from going because of whatever that is that's under there. It's, uh, if they don't want you to see it, they'll they'll definitely stop you. But I think the cost it, to do something like that would be prohibitive mm -hmm. to most people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting. I do have relatives that live down in Southern California, and they have told me, you know, where they have seen these UFOs flying really low over the water, and then they disappear. So I believe in everything you're saying <laughs> because I can first ask people, you know, and, and say. It really can expand beyond that. Uh, I didn't get into this because it's not something that I was like discovering. Uh, right. The uh, ruins off of Japan, Yam, uh -huh. what's it called? Yama? I don't know. But it looks, they're huge structures that look like they're very, very geometric. And that's mm -hmm. off the, that's the Pacific too. So yeah. the enormity of what once existed is beyond most of our imaginations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just like I'm, I'm a believer in the stuff on Mars, I'm a believer in, I'm a believer in, in what, what they're saying about Mars, you know, that, that they're, that, that one, to, at point, one point, and maybe even now there's, there's, there's some kind of life over there or the United States has people over there or whatever. I, you know, Can I, I, I read you just something real brief? I very seldom read it. This okay. is, the guy, this is, I'm just going to quote a couple mm -hmm. sentences. This is by the man who was the head of Israeli space security for almost 30 years. Okay. And he went public with the, in the Jerusalem Post back in December, I think, of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I'm, here are the two sentences I want to read to you. Okay. There's, there's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They, too, are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want us as helpers. Here's the one that's real important. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where the U.S. where the alien representatives are and also our American astronauts. Wow. There's an underground wow. facility in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also our American astronauts. Wow. Wow. Oh, Jerry Bazer says the Titanic is 3,800 meters underwater. Okay. She looked it up. All right. That's good. Well, you know, I've, you know I, I agree with that 100% that, 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 we, that, that our government knows about. It. That's obvious. You know, that there is yeah. a base over there. I've interviewed people on this show that have claimed to have worked on that base, that have been there. Which one? Which one? The base on Mars. Oh, based on Mars. Okay. Yeah. And the problem is uh, the, the people who have come forward to, and I don't know if it's the person you talked to, but right. the people who have come forward about this have been in like a 20 year and back type of program, which mm -hmm. is a little right. bit hard for most people to comprehend. Right. And so their stories are hard for people to believe unless right. they're really open-minded to uh, science fiction. And it's they, the poor people can't really prove it. They just have their stories to tell. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that may be a reality, but it's one that's really hard to present in a very convincing fashion. Right, right. Oh, no, in the chat room says, Shirley McLean spoke of UFOs going into a lake in the Andy Mountains. Hey. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know it's really hard for people to comprehend that that that, that could be a possibility, but... Are there structures on Mars or what appear to be structures on Mars? Because there's a lot of rumors about that. There's yes. a lot of internet sites about that. Yes. Um, many years ago, I'm sorry, I can't quote the years anymore. Sure. I found a structure that looks like uh, things I've seen designed as futuristic living spaces for people in space. Like this is future. Well, mm -hmm. I found one in the Northern Hemisphere. And a few years later, I found one in the Southern Hemisphere. And the structures are very similar uh, the first one I found must have been the older one. It was like 700 feet in length. The second one I found was 7,000 feet in length. Wow. So that's something that is truly contemporary. Um, 
then I, I think it's real important for people to open their minds and think differently. Instead of going from right to left or left to right, when I was looking at Mars, one day I decided to go and tip it and start searching from pole to pole. Mm -hmm. I found, oh God, I forgot now. I think it was 27 entrances into Mars spread out over 16 miles, all designed or cut the same way, look like warehouse entrances, except mm -hmm. the, the trim around it varied a little bit from one to the other. The size varied a little bit from one to the other, but they were all in a line. That's contemporary stuff. That's not left over from the past. Right, right, right. And again, See, that's in the book, Spy in the Sky. You know what? I've read, part of, I've read your book halfway through. I all love right. it. I'm going to Thank finish you. reading it. This is something that I'll probably read over and over because it fascinates me so much. And you know? it's pitch, it's a picture book. So people yeah. who don't yeah. like to read can learn a lot yes. very, very quickly. And let me add this. I don't know if you're running out of time already or not. No, nope, keep going. We're good. Um, the, I have, Amazon's been participating in um, squelching this book coming out. And they did some strange things like order every book I printed. And then they shotgun them around the country to people and to stores that didn't order them. So then they come back. And so I only make the book available through me now. My other four books you can get through Amazon. If you go to my website, Sky Ships Over Cashers, Cashers is spelled like a cashier at the grocery store. Right. And go to Editor's Corner. You can get a really good deal for $16. You can get a copy of the book. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Jerry says, I did have a gentleman on. That's right, I did, who was on that 20-year program, who claimed to be on that 20-year program. Right. Over, and, over he may, and I'm not saying I don't believe these people. I'm just saying I have that newspaper background in me, and it's like I need as much evidence as I can to present to people uh, right. in, in a convincing way. I haven't figured out how to, to do it with these guys, though they right. may very well be telling the truth. Right, right. And I, and, I, and I agree with you, coming from a newspaper background, you know, one person does not a story make. You have to have extra witnesses and everything else that, that were involved in this, and, you know, to, to, to corroborate the story. Right. I mean, that's just the way it works. And these guys, these people, I'm not going to be, I'm not saying they're bad or anything like that, but they tend to come out like one at a time. So it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, kind of put that belief there, you know, to, to put that truth out there. Right. You know, when they do do that, it would be nice if they would come in like four or five people at a time and have, you could have a chat with them and, you know, put it like we do with ghost hunting. You go go when we go to interview people for ghost hunting. If it's a family, we take everybody separate in the house and we interview them, right? At the same time, essentially, but we're interviewing them. Then we can compare the stories and put them together. And that's what needs to be done with these these people that are claiming to have been on stationed on Mars through right. that program, right? And if they are telling the truth, which they may very very well be doing, mm -hmm. it's got to be frustrating for them. Mm -hmm. How you know? How do you prove that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's tough. It's tough. Now, what about the moon? Um, when I started looking at the moon, I didn't expect to find anything because there's been so much done mm -hmm. for years, and I figured I'm not going to find anything. Well, I found um, a white pyramid on the side of the moon that faces uh, Earth, and I've mm -hmm. got the coordinates so people can find it. And I go, wow. Um, but I didn't find a whole lot that people haven't already found. Mm -hmm. But that that was a, a nice surprise, and I do have that in the book. Right, and I think we talked the last time you were on. We talked about uh, one of the astronauts on the moon. You know, the the the, 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 the during the Apollo missions, obviously, who actually saw or may have seen aliens on the on the moon or alien craft. Right, and it's really sad that uh, the astronauts have had so much pressure on them that. Some of them have kind of confessed when they've gotten very, very old or they're getting close to dying uh, and they've come forth a little bit, but it's still very measured and very limited. And um, they, I think all of them saw something because um, UFOs, from what I've heard from different sources, is every astronaut who went to the moon, they saw UFOs at least following them. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think that we're going to get full disclosure from the government? Not the way people want. They think the government's going to come up and make, make a big announcement. Mm -hmm. We are doing disclosure with programs like yours, with websites like, like mine, and a whole lot of other ones. Uh, Ancient Aliens has done a 
wonderful job opening up the minds of so many people because they had the budget to present it in a way that's thought provoking and you can't just dismiss it easily. And uh, so that's part of the problem. You have to get people to open their minds, uh, you know, beyond the box that we get locked into much too easily. What do you think of these congressional uh, meetings with, 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 with these guys that, that are trying to bring forth the, the disclosure on it? Well, I watched the whole thing that, um, um, let's see, uh, Stephen Greer did mm -hmm. the last time. And I thought they did a really good job presenting uh, information. And uh, uh, I, um, I I don't know how much people pay attention to it, but uh, he, he keeps trying. Mm -hmm. He keeps trying. Um, what would you like to see happen where all this is concerned? Would you like to see full disclosure or maybe uh, to have it come out in, in little tidbits so that people don't get scared? Because maybe, maybe that's what they're worried about is they're, they're, they're worried about a big panic. That's what they've said for years, that that is their only reason. Um, I think they're probably hiding more than that than just, mm -hmm. but um, let's face it, when you look, the way the politics are going on right now, and I see the way people react to, to different kinds of things, mm -hmm. I don't know if people are as open-minded and smart as I thought they were. I used mm -hmm. to think that uh, disclosure, people would have no problem with it. Well, people like you might not have a problem with it. But when I see the level of uh, unawareness, uh, I go, oh, my God, it's possible. I mean, it could be a real problem for a lot of people who would just knock their socks off or knock my, their head off. My thought's always been that they are living among us. The hybrids, whatever you want to call them, are living among us. It could be your neighbor across the street. You know, and I've always felt that maybe at some point, someday, you're going to find out. You're going to go out your front lawn, and your neighbor's going to come over, and he's got web fingers or or whatever he's got, you know. And that's when you're that's how you're going to find out that that they're here with us. Maybe what they're doing is like a gradual indoctrination in our minds. It's been going on our entire lives. Yeah. Yep. This gradual, gradual kind of change, but the, at the grassroots, we always have to keep pushing, because mm -hmm. at one time they were making people anybody who talked about UFOs and aliens they were labeled crazy they were encouraged to you know see their local um, psychiatrist and mm -hmm. we no longer are at that point some mm -hmm. some people have been treated very very badly in the past and so those techniques have been um they're just not doing those anymore mm -hmm. now steering back to your book that you wrote how long did it take you to find all this stuff because i mean you have to sit there for hours google alerts is fun you can zoom in on stuff and all this. I, there's, there's no way I can count the amount of time I spent on Google looking for things. But I didn't start out to write the book. I was doing research for the website. And I began to get more and more and more. And I thought, my gosh, nobody's going to be able to dive into these archives and, and find all this stuff. And that's the book kind of became, it became a book uh, mm -hmm. from the research for the website. And I love your website. This is another place you guys got to visit Mary's website. There's so much on there, so much information. There's almost it's almost information overload, but it's fun to go step by step through the stuff you have on there because everything makes sense. Everything that you have makes logical sense. Uh, again, that's that old newspaper business, and I, that yeah. newspaper editor in me is always in the back of my head going, "No, you can't do that. You got to double check this. You, right. you always have to do that." And so the editor in me. Uh, forces me, and I think it's a good thing, to mm -hmm. really try to, if I don't do something right, it's not because I didn't try real hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Now, when we talk about these civilizations being under the ocean, like 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 off of Malibu and Catalina Island and these places, are there is there anything further out from, from those, or is it just primarily the stuff near what, what we know is, is the coastline that we have? Once you get out into the Pacific, it is so deep. I don't know, even Google Earth can't pick up the images from the middle of the ocean. It mm -hmm. just gets too, I mean, really, really deep. So I don't know the answer and I don't know how to find out the answer. Right now, we're just finding things around the um, the rim of mm -hmm. the Pacific. Which makes sense, which makes sense. Just like, I, I, you know, it always brings to mind, but, you know, that Bimini wall or that road that's supposed to be, a, uh, that they think is a road, you know, underneath the ocean out there by Bermuda as well. All right. When you want to hear my theory on that, I've been to Bimini Let's too. Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. 
Uh, first of all, um, it started by finding out about um, pyramids that were in the, Atl in the Atlantic. And I got a, a mariner's, um, maybe that's not the right word, but it's the kind of charts that the voters use. Uh -huh. And then I color coded it. And what we call the, um, oh, the current that goes around all the, like this, all around the Atlantic, um, it's like a river. It's like a river within the ocean. Well, these pyramids are on each side of this river. So you can imagine this river actually having been a river with land around it at one point where these pyramids are. Um, I found them on both pyramids on both sides of this underwater river. And um, where was I going to go with that? I don't know. Lost, lost the thought on that one. Uh, oh, yeah, Bimini. And I think the Bimini wall is not a road. I think it was um, like along that river. And I think it was for docking and harbors and because uh, it follows that underwater river. So that's my theory on the Bimini Road. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, while we're along that line, do you think that the people in Atlanta, because you know, that legendary thing with Atlantis and all that, do you think that they had contact with aliens? Or do you think maybe they might have been run by an alien race? I think either one of those, many of our ancient cultures, I think, may have had uh, ET roots, for sure, uh -huh. especially the ones that were more sophisticated cultures. Uh -huh. And whatever culture was in the Atlantic was drastically different than what we've been talking about in the Pacific. Okay. You don't find pyramids in the Pacific, uh -huh. but you do find them in the Atlantic. And um, the first time I learned about that, I was living on Cocoa Beach. A friend and I went to the pier we're having drinks at the bar on the pier, got into a conversation with a uh, couple probably right around 30. They were divers. They were all excited because they had been diving off of Vero Beach, Florida, and they had seen the tip of a pyramid. And the bottom of the Atlantic is very sandy. And so when storms come up, all the treasure hunters go out because things get stirred up and that's when they find them that's when they also are more likely to see these pyramids when mm -hmm. the things get kind of sloshed and washed away. One of the people who discovered one of the pyramids uh, worked for Mel Fisher at one point uh, down in the Keys and where they discovered the Akosha uh, treasure ship. Right. And he lived in Vero Beach. And after any storm, he would fly in a low plane looking for, uh, you know, ships. Well, he saw a... Um, a pyramid, a flat top pyramid that he said was about a thousand square feet. Um, when he, I think I've got that right. But anyhow, it was a flat top pyramid, again, off the coast of um, uh, Vero Beach. I learned about that much later. That, you know, it was long be after that couple that had talked about finding the, the pyramid there. Now, my question. Oh, wait, wait, let's get back to cover up before I forget okay, okay, that. Okay, okay. I, I found um, two pyramids south of um, Providence Island in the Bahamas. Got a picture of it. It's in the book. After I posted it on the website, it's like somebody took a photographic strip like a Band-Aid and put it right on top of that. Mm. And when I first found it, all the water in that whole area, you know, when you take a, a distant view, was nice and smooth and all you could see were a few clouds and shadows over the blue, blue water. Well, after that became known, it's like somebody took all these different pieces of, um, I'm going to say, photographic imagery, right, right. and they just slapped it all over the place. It doesn't look anything like what I originally saw. And again, I show that in the book so you can see before and after. And again, I remind people, if you're going to do this kind of research, learn where your print key is on your keyboard, because that may be the only way you can save an image. Now, the question I have for you, which I find interesting, is people that have done this kind of research that you do, and I, I've heard this happen a couple of times, they've been raided. They've been raided to the point where somebody from the government comes in and, and seizes their computers and everything, so they, so, so they can't continue to do this research. You've yet to have that issue. Well, I did have early on, early, early on, before I even started the website, I was doing research on the UFOs. And I had multiple UFO files in my computer. Mm -hmm. And I was working on it one night. The next morning, I got up, 
all of my UFO files, I don't mean just like one article, I mean files, all of them had disappeared. Everything else was there. I contacted the guy who does all the computer work uh, for repairs and stuff at the university that's here. Mm -hmm. And he came to my home. He said he'd never seen anything like it. He couldn't find anything, any trace of it anywhere in my computer. All of that had gone. Everything else had stayed in place. That's probably the the most unusual uh, thing that's happened. Mostly they just cover things up after I find them. Absolutely. And that, again, goes back to your IP address that they can trace back to you. And right. there, are, there are ways that, that people can access. Just, you know, it's, it's like when Microsoft or somebody works on your, works on your computer remotely because they can get into your computer. Yes, right, right. And, and, and it's creepy to watch. If you guys have ever done that, it's creepy to watch because suddenly your, your mouse is moving all over, all yeah. over hitting buttons and stuff, and you're just like, it's freaking. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> and you're right, and that's, the, that's a good example of how this is very simple. Yeah. I mean, it's creepy. It's creepy. So as far as you're concerned with, the, with this stuff, what would you like to see happen? Um, I think we are uh, in the, I think, I think in the near future, we are going to see undeniable um, aliens where nobody can deny them. Um, I really do. Now you sent an email to me. Well, I mean, to everybody, you know, with your research about pink UFOs. Tell me about those. That is not research that I have done. It was a okay. story that fascinated me. It was okay. a um, a flight attendant with a Hungarian um, airline. Okay. And she was just taking videos of a city at night. It was pretty. Mm -hmm. There, and she caught four glowing pink UFOs in the sky. Wow. Go figure. Go figure. Barbie in space. Yeah. We are probably not going to be able to talk much longer because my throat is choke, choking up on me. Ah, okay. Okay. You know, <laughs> it, it's always great to talk to you, though. In your book, I, I can't endorse it so, you know, so much. It's a wonderful book, you know, to go through and get those coordinates and look that stuff up. Do you well, ever I, have the desire to go out and look at these places physically? It would be really, really nice. It, it, and if I, yes, it would be really nice to be able to do that. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. What message do you have for people that might be starting to look into this? Um, we all need to keep our minds open. We need to be curious. We need to start doing our own research. We need to double check things. Use tools like Google. My uh -huh. goodness, it can be entertaining at the very least. Um, to search these places and find things for yourself. It's like a treasure hunt. And uh, so it can be fun, but you also can find things that just might be fascinating. And um, send them to me if you ever want to share them. Share them with you, share them with me. Uh, we'll Absolutely. be happy to share people's discoveries. Absolutely. I think I can speak for you there. I'm not sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. How many cases do you, or, or like you say, people send you the stuff all the time. You know, you're, you're, you're like, you got to hold that that footage of, of, of the pink UFOs on a daily basis for you or a weekly basis for you, you know, doing the work that you do, how much of this stuff gets sent to you or is brought to your attention? Um, I don't know how to answer that question, but okay. most people see something. Well, let me give you an example. Okay. We started out the website Skyships over Cashers because there's a town called Cashers and we kept seeing UFOs over it. Well, we very seldom cover UFOs over cashers anymore because who wants to keep seeing the same thing over and over again? So a lot of times I've, I'm being sent stuff that has been seen in some way or another so many times, it's mm -hmm. just no longer news. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it, you look for something that's unique, that's, that's not just the ordinary stuff. Lights in the sky are just boring to me. And I mm -hmm. think boring to anybody else who's been doing this for any length of time. Mm -hmm. Now, the next question I have along that line is, in all the research you've done and all the material that you get, where do you think is, is the biggest hot spot for this kind of activity? At the time we started the website, it was um, uh, Cashers, North Carolina, or the mountains of North Carolina. We still have a lot of UFO activity here. 
Um, at one time, uh, I was down in, uh, oh, where was it? It's the panhandle of Florida when they had a, a couple years of major, major UFO, UFO activity. You don't hear much about that now. It's like, I think they use the word a flap. There'll be an intense time where one spot is seeing lots and lots of things and then it will stop. It has not stopped out there around Catalina Island and Malibu. The UFO stuff has been going on there and doesn't seem to ever stop. Well, that's what it is. Go ahead. I'm going to send you underwater and find some of this stuff for me. <laughs> I could do that. I could do that. That, that would be fun. Yes, and, then when I, and when I think of activity, because when I was growing up, I'm in my, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm in my late fifties. <gasps> I'm old. And, 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 I I'm remember, <laughs> and I remember when I was growing up, a lot of the activity came out of Brazil and South America. Uh, probably only because we have been, our country has been so reluctant to share information. Okay. And I, and other countries have been more forthcoming in what they've been, what they've been seeing. I think that's the reason. Okay. Now, do you think a lot of this advanced technology that we're using, like stealth technology and different things like that came from the alien races? Because I mean, it seems like there was a period of time where we surged with all this technology suddenly. You know, there it all was. So could this have been an influence, especially after Roswell, could this have been an you know, alien influencing or teaching us, rather, like you say, through, through the agreements, how to build the stuff? There's a man, uh, he's passed away now, but his name was William Tompkins. He worked for NASA at the highest level. He looked directly, he worked directly with like Braun Braun and the next guy in command. Uh -huh. um, and he said that the, quote, secretaries where they worked were aliens and they were beautiful. They looked like perfect uh, human beings, and uh, but they were very, very smart and they would give them information. So a lot of this, um, we had the space race to get to the moon because of Kennedy. Many of these things were happening so quick because we were getting help. Mm -hmm. and, and this is somebody who worked there at NASA. Okay. With okay. great credentials. His name is William Tompkins, if you want, ever want to learn more about him. Well, it always does make me wonder, though, because you get the people like Tesla, you know, these people that can see into the future, even, you know, like Gene Roddenberry, people like that, that where the stuff that they've dreamed up have, have become reality. And oh, wait, they... wait, wait, this ties in with what you do. He, okay. used to meet, he used to meet with a group that met with a medium okay. whose, whose name I cannot recall right now. Okay. We had regular meetings and she was quite a good medium and she would connect them. I think it was, she called them the, the nine and okay. they were, uh, his stories, uh, many of them came because of the information she was channeling from aliens. Okay. So cool. he, he wasn't just dreaming it up. So Pam Nishikawa wants to know if people reported seeing aliens in Catalina. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's always fun to have you on. I love picking your brain because because you know, you know, you have all this <laughs> yeah, got some chopsticks and just, you know. But you but you have all this knowledge and it just, it just fascinates me, you know, to have spent years doing this. How long ago did you start get, getting into this type of research? Um I lived on Cocoa Beach um back in the 80s mm -hmm. and I was between Patrick Air Force Base and the Kennedy Space Center and got to know people who worked there got to see UFOs in the skies over Florida so that's where it really started this particular kind of interest right 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 and as a, as a newspaper for, or if, you know, as a journalist we'll say new journalist how do you you know like you say, you wish, like especially with the Morris thing we were talking about, that you had more witnesses that, that could co corroborate this stuff. In order for you to say, write one of, your, one of your books and stuff, what goes into that to to get that stuff co corroborated so, so you can put it in, into a book? Oh, for some reason, I'm jumping to the book I did on underground bases in uh, North Carolina mountains. And uh, I, I first, I, I got to meet the people in person, they checked me out long before they started sharing their information. There was a couple that always came in 
uh, kind of shy. And uh, they would start conversations with me about UFOs, just real general. Mm-hmm. And one day I said, well, why don't I come out and, and interview you for, a, for an article? Well, they agreed to that, but they didn't want to talk about UFOs. Okay. They knew about the underground, one of the underground bases here, but they mm-hmm. had been checking me out for months to see if they could trust me. Mm-hmm. So once they decided they could trust me, then they shared the information. And uh, it, it's a two-way street. The people have to trust you and you have to trust them. Okay. okay. But I agree with you. There's, there's so many rumors about underground areas, even Mount Shasta, Northern California, right? Everybody right. says there's, there's a base under there. You know, There's reptilians and all this under there. Why is it, do you think, and then I heard this from an interview that I did last year, that the, alien has, the aliens have technology that they can even disguise these ships when they're in the air, so you don't even see them. You know, like, like, like floating technology. I don't doubt that for a minute. Don't doubt for a minute. And the thing that makes it more confusing is that we human beings have become very proficient at developing craft that many people mistake for UFOs. Right. So now we can't tell theirs from ours. Uh, I would always be very suspicious of the triangular ones, however. Right, uh, right. Because uh, that's, uh, what, what is it, the TR3 or something like that mm-hmm, that uh, mm-hmm. they designed some time ago. And uh, there's been variations on that ever since. So um, you can't even be sure of who's buying those things anymore. Well, I lived near an airbase that is now a retired airbase, but it was, <clears> repair, <throat> it, it was a repair facility for the Air Force. And I would see these things, these planes coming in late at night, like you know, like the TR three, you know, these triangular things, and the and the stealth fighter, the stealth bomber, right? And you really can't because because they're painted black. You really all you see are the lights on them, so you right. really can't tell whether it is one of ours or maybe of alien or, origin, right? And, and when we do, we have both. And mm-hmm. uh, um, anyhow, there's just okay. so many, many, many stories about that stuff incredible so what's what's next for you um well things have changed in my life a little bit i am having to take care of uh, somebody with some serious health problems Mm -hmm. so i'm not quite as adventuresome as i have been in the past Uh, but i will continue to um, um, dig around and find information i'm just not taking on any book projects or anything right now there you go there you go well mary it's always fun to have you on and I'd love to get you on again, pick your brain again. Um, like I said, I got halfway through this book, and it's fascinating. I spent two whole nights Googling all, all you know, these different areas. Oh, you mean you read the book and you look it up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good so I, I spent you. two nights doing this. And that's why I got it's I'm only halfway through because I started, I think, two weeks ago really going through there and looking, you know, to see stuff. So when time permits, I'm doing that. But um, it's always great to have you on, and I hope we can get you on again sometime to talk more. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I wish you the best with the work you do. And I wish you also, you know, maybe you'll be the one to crack all this open for everybody. (laughs) You take care. (laughs) All right. You too. Have a great evening. Okay. Bye. Okay. She's always fascinating to have on. And uh, it's just, this, this whole topic is so interesting to me. If you guys have a chance to get her book, please do that. In fact, I'll give you some, some, some keys to, you know, some leaders to the book. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys came in to be with us, you know, and as I like to say, here we go, I'll do the tease and then we'll go ahead and end the show. But if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. You know, we're equal opportunity. We're trying to get the word out, constantly trying to get the word out about this show. It's a little show that could. Tomorrow night, medium Nancy Mass is here with us. And we're going to talk about the what causes a relationship to finally hit that breaking point. So that's our topic for tomorrow. Be here live at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And I I appreciate each and every one of you. So without further ado, let me give you some information on Mary. And then we're going to call it a night. So here we go. So the website is skyshipsovercashiers.com. And the book is Spy in the Sky. And she does have other books out. I'll try and read these as, as they come up. You got Bigfoot. You know, she's looked into Bigfoot. She's looked into Tangible Evidence of Jesus as one of the books. Ha, I can only read this stuff. It's just 
Lion Eyes. And there, oh, Ch Ch there's a book on the Cherokee. And of course, all those books are available at Amazon. And on her site. Like she says, it's hard to find the Spine of the Sky one on Amazon. So uh, check out her website for that stuff. Anyway, I want to thank you all. I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great evening, gang.